Hey everyone, you're listening to Superwomen. Today's guest is the founder of Vintner's Daughter, this incredible face transforming oil I am obsessed with. Uh, April Gargiulio started the company after being so inspired by what she learned and found from her family's winery and what some of those same ingredients could do for our skin. Take a listen. Welcome to the podcast, April. Thank you, Rebecca. I'm so happy to be here. I know. I was excited to talk to you because I got home. Well, in addition, you know I, you know, I'm obsessed with your product, but the other night I got home and my daughter was like, I was rubbing this oil Aww, on- I love this. No, no, no. I got mad at her. She's like, I was rubbing oh. the oil on my nanny, on our nanny's hands. And I was like, don't <laughs> touch my oil. That's my vendor's daughter. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I think that that has actually caused fights, like fights and marriages and things too, be, where where people are just not willing to share. I, I totally get it. Well, she spilled my first purchase a long time ago, a couple years ago, and I freaked out on her then. So when she said she came back to the well to rub it on my nanny's hands, I was like, no, sister, you stay away from my stuff. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's, that's incredible. <laughs> I mean, I don't even put it on my hands. That feels very luxurious. Right? I know. Well, anyways, I thought you'd appreciate that story. I, I do. I do. <laughs> so I'm sure, I'm sure your nanny's hands are glowing. They are so soft and smell divine. Um, so I came across you, I believe I was at a goop pop-up mm. shop many years ago and I fell in love with your product. Um, and then we're a part of, you know, a women's group together. So I would just love to have you start at the beginning. What got you excited about this to pursue sure. beauty and, and, and this beautiful magic yeah. that you created? Um, gosh, well, I'll give you a little bit of background. So my background is in the wine business. My family um, makes wine in Napa Valley. And so I was really lucky to grow up in a community that places such a high value on quality and craftsmanship and, you know, doing doing everything it takes to make the very finest of something. And, and it was very much instilled in me at a young age that you can't cut corners and you can't take shortcuts if you want to make the best of anything. And so that really, I think, I mean, I wasn't thinking about this as a kid, obviously, but as an adult, I can say that I think that really informed my definition of what luxury is, like a true luxury. Um, and I was also somebody who, you know, I listen, I just had, I struggled with my skin. I had cystic acne, I had pigmentation, I had, you know, then all the things that just come along as you get older and was using what I thought were the, you know, some of the finest products in the world, certainly some of the most expensive products. And I was pregnant with my first daughter and a super familiar refrain for first-time moms, maybe this was you, I started looking at the ingredients of all of these so-called luxury products I was using, and I could not believe how cheaply made they were. I could not believe that they were, you know, 0.01% active ingredient. The rest was filler. That filler, in many cases, was toxic to myself and the environment. And none of that added up to that idea of luxury that I had as a, you know, that I had been brought up with where you begin with the finest raw materials and you, you know, you honor those materials through very meticulous and diligent craftsmanship and you create something that's even greater than the sum of its parts. And, you know, to me, that was like heroic in a way. And I wanted to bring that to skincare. I wanted to create a true luxury skincare company founded off those same principles of quality and craftsmanship as the world of fine winemaking that I had, that I had come from. So that was really the genesis of Vintner's Daughter. So was it an easy transition to go from knowing what you knew about your family and the wine industry into beauty or were you just learning an entirely new skill set and and well 
I think what I did was, I mean, I'm certainly in so many ways, Vintner's daughter and, and the way that we've, you know, created this very mission-driven company is, is very much like a salmon swimming upstream or a, you know, so I was applying these ideas around craftsmanship and quality and to creating skincare. And I was creating these formulas that were taking week, you know, it took for active botanical serum, every bottle, it takes three weeks to make for our other product, active treatment essence, it takes five weeks to make. So these are really advanced, complex formulas. And I was so excited about them and they had just kind of had this transformative effect on my skin. And I went to a lab, you know, the best labs in the country. And I got, (laughs) I got turned away, like literally one after another, I got turned away. Um, and it was, I mean, it was, it was kind of devastating at the time, to be honest. And I just thought, oh my God, okay. Like they kept saying, okay, so these formulas that I was making, they took three weeks and we started with whole plants. I didn't want to use synthetics or powders or extracts, right? To me, that was this idea that was cutting corners, that was taking shortcuts, right? And if you want to make the finest of something, you start with the best raw materials, right? So this is my mindset. This is where I'm coming from. And these labs are telling me over and over again, no, 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 that's not the way we do it. You know, we don't spend over over like three to six hours making a product. Trust us, like this very kind of proverbial pat on the head. Trust us, like we know you know, it'll be cheaper, faster, better if you do it our way. And I knew I didn't want to do it their way, but I wasn't sure how I was going to do it my way, right? I mean, now I look back on it and it was this opportunity to really kind of like sharpen my resolve around the kind of products I, w- I wanted to make and like where I was willing to compromise and, and you know, more important, where I absolutely wasn't willing to compromise. But at the time it was, it was um, you know, I'd spent two years developing the formula and then to be told like, no way, like we can't do it was, was, you know, super devastating. So when you went to go, okay, no one does it this way. Here's how Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it this way. Mm -hmm. You know, what did you run into as far as supply chain cost? Because, you know, (laughs) I, I, you know, I was just told by, um, you know, my, my beauty partner, you know, we want to put the mist in a plastic container. And I was like, no, Find sugarcane, yeah. find something sustainable, right. recyclable. Right. My whole ethos with the fragrance was about that, right? And now I'm just mm-hmm. going to use plastic so you can make your margin. They're like, well, mm-hmm. we won't make a margin and then we won't have a business. And so, right. you know, I'm, I'm being stubborn, but I'm also like, okay, how do I give these people what they need to survive? Right. And I'm sure you ran into that over and over again. Well, oh, absolutely. I mean, partly I was, I was lucky because of the industry I was coming from. I was coming from the winemaking world. It takes three years to make a bottle of wine. So I thought three weeks was literally nothing. I thought we're going to make the finest skincare in the world and it's only going to take three weeks. And they're kind of looking at me like, you're crazy. And um, and so there was a little bit of, I mean, you probably maybe know experience as well. I don't know, but like, there's just like a little bit of like sort of naivete also. And so I just kept pushing and pushing and and finally found somebody who I remember when I found them And I would bring like donuts and cupcakes and bagels and all the things to try to convince them to work work with me. And and they would be like, April, nobody does this. Like we haven't done this since the 60s. Nobody makes product like this. And I thought, well, yeah, I'm about to. And and I think, to be honest, I think that they were like, okay, we're going to make, I can't even remember what the first run was. I remember they wanted me to make like 10,000 and I thought, oh God, how am I ever going to make that? So I mean, I... It was a much smaller run. I, I true. I'm sure they thought we're going to do this once, and we're never going to see this girl again. 
Um, but um, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, listen, I don't have investors. I don't know that I would be able to be hold hold so steady and not compromise on quality, the quality and the craftsmanship aspect of everything which we do, which is really what drives the performance, this sort of incredible performance of our products in the skin. Um, I don't know that I would be able to have that almost like that luxury if I had, if I had investors, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, a friend of mine who just left the beauty industry and is looking into olive oil as her next big business was saying, you know, luxury should be all about that every step of the way, the supply chain benefits, nothing is squeezed from anybody and it's sustainably made and it's, you know, responsible. She's like, that's what luxury should be instead of this. I'm going to pay five grand for a bag that was made in China that people weren't paired, you know, paid fair wages, you know, mm-hmm. and I just yeah. I feel I mean, like that's what you're doing daughter. is exactly is yes, yes. exactly. You. And, and, and having, and we've done it since day one. I mean, we have this very conscious um, supply chain like this, and it's something that we have worked on since day one and gotten better day one. I mean, it's sustainability is, is from an environmental standpoint, but also sustainability from a social impact standpoint, 2% of every bottle we have ever sold goes to charity. And so that's, you know, 2% is a big number. Most companies who are on the far end of, you know, charitable giving is like 1%. And, um, and so we've, we're like, you know, thrilled to be able to do that. And we get to work with incredible charities benefiting women and children around the world and have done some incredible work. And so these are things that are just literally, they're, wo- they're woven into everything we do. So how did you stay strong in your mission and grow? Because I think sometimes mm-hmm. there's a lot of compromise that comes with growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's it, right? Okay. So I have this, like, I don't even, this is a lot of times, like I don't even get press or articles or things written about us because we don't have new all the time. Mm -hmm. So part of our mission is fewer and better, right? To me, that's luxury, right? That is not this constant churn of new and next and new and next that, that, that doesn't benefit skin and certainly doesn't benefit the earth. And so, you know, a, a very big part of what we do is fewer and better. So we create better products so you can use fewer. And so we have two products, two products that delivers everything your skin needs. And so, you know, that is, that, that is a challenge to growth. Um, growth is very much fueled by new in many cases, right? But for us, we have challenged ourselves to find growth in having incredibly loyal customers, and having, you know, incredibly high retention rates, having incredibly high conversion rates. And, and no, do we grow? I mean, yes, listen, there's been years that we've grown at 200, 300, you know, these crazy kind of, you know, things, but I am really happy. And, and this is like this crazy, I'm, I'm, I'm almost, in, I, I, how do I say this? Like I get kind of insecure saying this because it's so different than anyone else. And I realize that. So it's not, you know, anyone listening who thinks I'm just being naive. No, I, I understand the alternative. Um, but, you know, our goal is to grow between 25 and 30% every year and have this like really healthy, healthy business. And how, how did those plans change or get better or worse during the pandemic? I, I know for me, that's yeah. when I began to consume beauty because I was like, I'm tired. What makes my skin? <laughs> right. And what Zoom makes me and everything. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Um, okay. So the pandemic's been really interesting for us. So kind of deep COVID was, you know, our, our poor, we haven't, so we're about 50, beginning pre-COVID, we were 50% retailer, 50% um, DTC through our, our um, website. 
Um, and then of course, you know, and we have beautiful retailers like this, just these, this network of, of small independent tastemaker retailers around the world, like 200 of them. Right. And they got hit hard at the beginning, but they very much had, um, like they just had really strong customers and really strong clientele and they were able to maintain. And so, you know, at the very beginning, our, our wholesale channel took a dip, our DTC went up. And um, and then that has kind of slowly balanced itself back out. As you've seen that balance back out, was that something that back into a ratio you preferred? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good question. So I've never been, and I know that obviously DTC is was all the rage. I've always been a um, like an omni-channel person. Like I, I've always been somebody who has firmly believed that I want my brand to exist in many different places, wherever my customer is. And and again, we've got this this community of extraordinary retailers around the world. So. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I always want them to grow in together. So 50-50 is like a beautiful, gorgeous place for us to be. Would you say that as as more and more people are discovering beauty or, you know, beginning to sort of say, wait, maybe I care about what goes on my skin, what mm. do you think has been a turning point for your company in delivering that message and sort of standing out? Because um, now there's tons of sustainable brands and non-toxic and all these things. So what have you done to I make I think that's yourself- a great question. Yeah. So, you know, the way we make product, again, still the way we make product, there's just really nothing else like it. Most product, even most natural products are made in six hours or less, right? They're made with kind of powders and extracts and they're made fast. You know, we are creating something over the course of three to five weeks. It's it's almost like the difference between ready to wear and couture, right? It's this the 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 quality of the materials is just very different, and we do that not so that I can sit here and talk about that. We do that because we want to create products that have this like very very deep connection to the skin, and our skin and these whole plants that we begin with, and these plants are, you know, they're some of the most nutrient dense plants in the world that we begin with. Plants like alfalfa and dandelion and nettle and heliochrysum and ginkgo and these plants that have been revered and and um, beloved for centuries across cultures for their medicinal and nutritional benefits. And we begin with them as these gorgeous whole organic plants. And over the course of three weeks, we're, we're capturing all of their like, just all this beautiful nutrition and all their actives. And we're able to collect um, capture it in all these like beautiful, um, like most optimal ratios, right? Because there's certain nutrients that need other nutrients in order for your body to recognize them and put them to work. And so we're, we're able to preserve and capture all those beautiful nutrients and all those ratios and the, and the actives and the skin recognizes it because of skin and those plants almost metabolize, um, nutrients in very much the same way. They're like built from the same nutritive structures. And so the skin recognizes these, these gorgeous, um, formulas that we're giving it and it it's able to become its very best, right? We're able to amplify the skin's own powers of um, healing and balancing and brightening and all the things. And so, you know, I I can say that and I think some people get that and, and then for some people it is feels uh, like a lot. But then I can say, okay, imagine feeding your body a meal replacement bar that's been made in a lab with all synthetic materials it's wrapped in a shiny plastic um, wrapper. It can sit on a shelf for 15 years. Now imagine a beautifully prepared plate of food made from fresh, organic, nutrient-rich ingredients. 
which is going to service your body at a deeper level, which is going to bring about more health and resilience and strength in your body, what's going to make you feel best. And I think that is a big unlock for people, recognizing that. And of course, the products that we're making are more like that beautifully prepared plate of food. How long does my beautifully prepared plate of food last since I'm so Um, precious with it? (laughs) Do you mean... Do you mean like literally how many, like, okay, so you open a bottle, you apply it AM and PM, it's going to last anywhere between like 10 to 12 weeks. Yeah. Assuming your daughter isn't doling it out. (laughs) Yes. As long as she's not rubbing (laughs) it on other people's hands. Like the shelf life of this is- The shelf life is 18 months. 18 months. Oh, so that's amazing. That's still a long time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there's a, there's a, you know, these are, again, I, I keep saying it, but these are really complex formulas. And so with active botanical serum, which is our moisture step, an oil is something that is a very, um, um, it, it, it can last if it's well protected in a, in a, in a bottle that protects it, it could last for, you know, 18 months plus. And then our essence is fermented. Um, so if you, when you use it, it smells like kombucha. And of course, fermentation is this ancient step that allows, it preserves the life of things, right? Think about wine, think about um, whatever, sauerkraut, right? It's, it's fermentation is this magical, magical process that allows things to become more shelf-stable longer. And so that's one of the things that really helps us with essence as well, because it's an aqueous formula. Right. Okay. And so what would you say have been your challenges as you grew this business, if they were personal, yeah. professional, I mean, you could probably say tons as we all have experienced, but were right. there any that stuck out and what did you learn from them? Yeah. yeah. I mean, so I think having, again, not kind of playing into this constant um, uh, barrage of new and next has been really hard. I mean, it is, it is challenging. I, you know, to the point where, like I said, we don't get the same press. We don't get the same um, kind of like recognition or like moments, right? Um, so much about newness is about driving sales for everything else, right? New has this like halo effect over everything else. And so that is a challenge. I remember, you know, um, Active Botanical Serum, our first product was released in 2013. Um, I can remember very distinctly going to retailers. And at this point, no one had ever, no one had ever had a single product before. I mean, still to this day, no one's ever had a single product. We had a single product for five years. That's just never been done. Um, or even two for 10 years. It just hasn't been done in the luxury space. And so, you know, I would go to these retailers and I, and they loved the product. They were so excited about the product of active botanical serum. And they would tell me, um, you know what? We love it. Call us back when you have three more. And I've said, well, I don't know that we will. And they said, uh, you know, well, we don't know how to, we don't know how to market it. We don't know how to merchandise it. We don't know how to talk about it if it's not part of a system, right? I mean, this was at the time the kind of apotheosis, which is probably still happening today. But this, this kind of, you know, um, zeitgeist around, you know, ten steps, twelve steps, fifteen steps. You know, it was like, you know, that funny old saying about like the higher your hair, the closer to God. It was like. The more steps, the closer to God in your skincare routine. I mean, I've never understood any woman who's a mother and or works, how she has any time to do these 12 step routines. I'm like, where did you get an hour of your day? Because I have five minutes to get ready in the morning. Right. Exactly. And I that's me, right? And yeah. by the way, I don't want to compromise anything. I still want all the performance, but I want it in fewer steps. And so that was that was the that's a huge driving force in any product we create. It it has to be this extraordinary quality craftsmanship. And we do that to drive this incredible multi-beneficial performance that in two steps, 
you know, active treatment essence followed by active botanical serum, you literally get everything your skin needs, all the hydration, all the moisture, all the nutrients, all the actives in, again, in these like perfect ratios. And so, I mean, that was what was driving me. But I mean, still today, it's a hard conversation with um, retailers, right? You don't get the same shelf space. You don't get the same attention. Um, I think that um, one, <laughs> one of them, I remember telling me, say, saying, you know, I said, okay, this is this one product. They wanted to bring it in. And they said, listen, just introduce five more products. It doesn't even matter. Just slap your label on anything. You have oh. your hero product. Like, who, <laughs> this is a true story. It doesn't even matter. Just like put five more products up there, right? And so, you know, from a sustainability standpoint, everyone always wants to talk about like, you know, like the, the materials and the, and the, you know, what's recyclable, what's not. But the reality is that if we all just consumed less, we would be far better off. For sure. And I think that at least for me, um, since becoming a mom, that's been my focus is how do I consume less and, and how do I have it be better and women owned. Exactly. And healthy for our planet. Yes. And healthy for the people who make it, healthy for the communities where it comes from, all of it. So tell me, I know that you mentioned, you know, you've been able to give a percentage back to women and children's charities. What are they so that people can get even more excited about the product? We have a full list on our website, but um, we've, we work with, oh my gosh. So we work with um, Every Mother Counts. We have like these incredible um, charities who are training midwives. Um, which we were, were really excited about that. We've worked with Charity you had, Water. You had and, me at Midwives and you had me at Every Mother Counts. Those are I know, right? Like, exactly. Yes. I mean, we work with some incredible charities. I mean, the, the full list, of course, I'm on the spot right now and my, and my brain just went completely blank. That's but, fine. Um, yeah, we, we're, we're really proud of, of them and, and they're, they're like wonderful partners. And again, the focus is on mothers and children. Awesome. So let's get into the you know, the sustainability part of this. I don't think that people realize how many different chemicals are in fragrances and we're putting them on our body. Now I look at the back of something and if it's something I can't understand, I usually won't buy it. Um, so I know that's been very important to you. So why shouldn't we put this stuff on our body? What happens to us? Well, I mean, listen, there it is, it's something that it's a, it's, like, so let's talk about it from the community again, like I said, you know, like the community that it comes from, the people who are working in those factories, um, how it affects them, how it affects their, um, their, their water, the cleanliness of their water. And then us, when we're using it on our directly on our skin, how it is disposed of, what it can do to contaminate our water sources, our ground, our earth. It's much deeper than just, you know, literally our skin, right? I mean, there's so many layers to it. And, um, you know, not everything that is synthetic is obviously evil, but there is, um, I think the consumer really needs to be aware, um, of what they are, what they're, what they're using on their bodies and in their house. And, um, and, and I, and I, listen, I think it's hard. I think it's really hard. Right. And so what I always tell people is find retailers that you really trust, you know, what the standards by which they measure products that they bring into their store or into their assortment. Okay. But on that note, I've had a store say to me, and by no means am I perfect, right? I've eliminated as much plastic from my supply chain as possible. Mm -hmm. And when I said to a very large retailer, I'm going to ship you cardboard hangers because you can recycle them unlike the plastic ones. They're like, we'll charge you five bucks per. 
do it. What? And I was like, cool. Guess I won't. Guess I won't be doing that because I can't absorb that cost. So do you run in? Have you run into ridiculousness, things like that? And are you just like, cool? I'm not going to sell to you, or do you try and no, educate I haven't. Them and bring them along. I ha- okay. You know, I'm I'm really lucky we haven't. But remember, I'm not working with any you know, huge retailers. We, right. we are on the, you know, I don't work and I'm, I'm not, well, whatever, I'm not going to call out any names, but I don't, we don't work with huge retailers. Um, I'm not on the floor of, um, by choice, right? Um, it's something that I think, you know, you walk into a, a typical department store and there are, you know, cathedrals, chateaus built in there devoted to skincare brands. And again, it's, it's a, it's a model that I just inherently don't believe in, and um, and the costs associated with it, I just I can't participate in. And so, you know, my two little products get put on some shelf next to the bathroom. You know what I mean? And 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 so I we've just chosen to kind of take us ourselves out of that part of the of the skincare world. So when when you have people listening, because you know I can get sort of so not soaked in, like brought up in the you know, I want a big company. I want, you know, big, big company. It's equals, hard. Rebecca, equals, it's so hard, right? It's hard because you I get know. on that bandwagon. And I know. Like, Believe me. You know, and everybody like, you know is on that bandwagon and everybody on every, in every article you read about is on that band, bandwagon and every, correct. and every, and every, you know, magazine cover is somebody. It's like, it, it's like everybody is awarded for um, growth, growth yes. over everything. Right. Yeah. And, um, and it's, it's something I struggle with a lot to be completely honest with you. It's absolutely, I mean, you just hit the nail on the head. It's something that I think about, like, why can't I just like sell out and grow? (laughs) I don't don't think anyone should sell out and grow, but that feeling that you're missing out or things could be better. I could have, you know, Mm. I could pay my bills easier, whatever it is, right? People, all their reasons are hard after a while, sometimes I remember when we made that shift, right? Where I was like, let's just be a small, profitable, successful company. And my partners at the time were like, big, grow, no, explode mm-hmm. it. And, you know, mm-hmm. a lot got compromised in that decision. Wait, would you, okay, wait, tell, can you tell me more about that? Because that's fascinating. Yeah, it was right right as the recession was hitting. And 2009? Had, no, when? Yeah, 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 2008, okay. 2009. We had to lower. And so basically every store that we worked with said, lower your prices or we won't, we can't sell you anymore. Wow. Don't wow. take anything out of your product, but go from a bag that's $4.95 and $5.95 down to $2.95 and $1.95. Wow. And my partners um, at the time were like, yes, this is the model. We're going to grow. We're going to cross the threshold, become the size of a Michael Kors or you know, a Kate mm-hmm. Spade's billion dollar brand. And you go, oh, mm-hmm. maybe life will be easier if I just do that because you know, every week we're worried about payroll and you know, we're mm-hmm. a small growing company. And I just was like, what do I know? I'll listen to the people that know better than me, which was mm-hmm. a, a regret I have and will forever have. And it fundamentally changes your decision and mm-hmm. what you decide to do when. And so I just was curious for you, like, how have you managed to just stick to your fucking guns? Well, A, I don't have investors or partners, so it's just me. And I have a team that I um, adore and look up to, and I feel like I have to do them proud. I have two girls that I feel like I have to do proud. I feel like I have the legacy of in this. I, you know, I'm sure Napa Valley doesn't feel like this, but I ha- I feel like I have the legacy of of all the people who created, um, you know, this 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 magical place in California that's all about quality and. 
um, I feel like I have to live up to that. And so I, I think that, that for me, it, it's, it's just been, I've been so clear about mission driven. And some days, I mean, Rebecca, sometimes I literally are like, well, you know, it might go away tomorrow. Like, am I okay with that? Like, how do I feel about that? You know? And, um, and so I, you know, I, I, it's, it's, it's always a struggle. I mean, it's always, there's always like, um, and every, I don't have a single other friend by the way, or, you know, it that are in the, the, the other entrepreneur friend who is take, I've met, I just met one recently, actually, that's taking a similar path who's saying, no, I'm going to build this, this like slow growth company, right? It's, it's, um, it's not about fast. It's about slow and steady and, um, and really creating, just like deep connections with our customers. And I don't know, hope, I, I, who knows? I may have gotten this completely wrong. Who knows? Uh, I don't think so. I think it's where the world is going and has to go, right, for us to even have a place to live at the end of the day. I I, I mean, I I absolutely believe that. I, I hope that. I, it's funny, every day, you know, as I do this every day, I think I'm starting a revolution. <laughs> I literally think I'm like starting a revolution. And every day I'm like, okay, where is everybody? What's, hey, <laughs> hello? It anybody minute, anybody hear me? I know, I know. And then everyone wakes up and you're like, I've been here for a long time and I've been alone, yes. you know? Yeah, I mean, exactly, exactly. Not on the sustainable side, but like we did uh, QR codes in our bags four years ago and people are like, what the wow. fuck do you do with a QR code? <laughs> and why is it in my bag? And I was like, it unlocks rewards. It has content. You know, you can trace the bag. Are you trying and to track authentic. And now it's like, oh, thanks guys. I'm so glad we gave up on that idea. Oh my gosh, right? I mean, that really took COVID and people going to restaurants and needing to look at a menu, right? I mean, is that <laughs> totally. really what unlocked that? <laughs> yes. COVID and the menu unlocked the the brilliantness that we had four years ago. Well, you were ahead of your time. <laughs> Sometimes it's painful being ahead of our time. Oh, um, I believe me, I understand. So what is something you do to recharge, to refuel yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you live in Napa and you have a winery close by, so I'm not, I, I know that you have access to that beauty, but are there things that you do as a solo founder? Yeah. yeah. I love, okay. So, you know, I am going to bend your ear one of these days. So I love um, the thing, one of the things that I did not anticipate in starting this company was the um, incredible community of of like just like really smart, passionate, creative women that I would get um, to be um, to be around, right? Whether it's even you know my team, my customers, other founders. So that is something that is like a really big support network for me. I mean, obviously, first and foremost, my family, my kids. I love nature. Like being in nature is something that is like deeply centering for me. Just a, a hike or a walk or whatever. Um, it's really something that just balances me and I find, I can find the answer there. I mean, the answer's in me, right? But I can, I can kind of find the stillness there to like feel it and see it and, and get, um, get comfortable with it if I'm, if I'm trying to like kind of figure something out or understand something. Um, and then, I mean, I haven't done it in a while, but travel, I love travel. Yes. I'm traveling so much in the next few weeks. I feel like I make it up for lost time. Work travel or like fun travel? You know, it's both. I'm able to bring my kids and, and my husband mm, is actually coming along because he has work too there. So it's all working out. Where are you going? Um, we're going to Austin. We're going to Los Angeles. Right. There's a- Oh, there's right. A, South by. Yes. Yes. That's but right. Fun. Yeah. Making it fun. All right. I could talk to you all day, but I'm going to ask you two more questions and then I'll let you go. 
what is a piece of advice you've either learned the hard way or someone gave to you that has turned out to be very fruitful? Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, there's so many along the way, right? I think, um, you know, it's the one that that's the hardest to listen to almost, but, but it's the one that that's always with you. And I think always gives you the right answer is like, it's your intuition, right? It's what you know is what's right for you. Like even, you know, I was listening to you tell the story about that, you know, 2009 when you were presented with, you know, your, you wanted to do something and your investors wanted to do something, something else. And you had such a close connection to that brand, that brand, your brand is you, right? And Mm -hmm. so you really knew probably what the right answer is. I mean, coulda, shoulda, woulda, right? But I think there's those moments where like, you know, you, as soon as you kind of step outside of, of that, that mission for me or that North star, you know, as soon as you kind of take a step that's not heading towards that, like I feel it really deeply. So, you know, I would say like, trust that, learn to, learn to hear that, learn to um, give that space and time. And that's really not easy. And yeah, I mean, I think focusing on team is really important at all. You know, some people, people are going to get on the bus, people are going to get off the bus, but creating like a culture that really supports um, people and your team and doing their best work, I think is really important too. I love that. And then my last question, um, what is something we'd be surprised to know about you? It can be a quirk, a habit. I Well, I mean, the thing that pe- I think always surprises people, unless you are one of my kind of nearest and dearest, is that I'm like a giant introvert. Um, I would not have thought that at all. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. I, okay. I am a giant introvert. So that's so you're not that trying to be uh, speaking and on all these International Women's Day panels and talking on well, TV, all that, all that stuff. Or you're fine with that? Well, it's more other. I'm fine with that. Like it's interesting because you know I did this talk. Well, this is obviously pre-COVID, but it was a talk, and I don't know. There must have been like five or six hundred people in the room, and I had never done anything like that before. And I that felt great. Like that felt like something I was really comfortable with. But like the room afterwards where everyone's mingling and kind of talking is, was, is, you know, not my comfort zone at all. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's all, there, there's all sorts of shades of gray, I, I suppose. Yes. I'm always shocked when I meet someone who totally doesn't seem like an introvert and they're like, yeah, I'm very shy. And I was like, weird. Okay. Wouldn't have thought that. Um <laughs> So I did have one other question, which, you know, you're, you're so thoughtful about the ingredients that go on your skin. Are you just as committed, whether it's what you bring into your home products wise or the wine you drink? Like, have, have you been able to yeah. make okay. this a so life? This is, yes. A life? So this is a, yes. I mean, as much as I can, right? I mean, yeah. I, I try, you know, my kids beg for Oreos like every other kid, right? So like stuff like that comes into my house. But, you know, wine, I think, is a really interesting one because, you know, I'm obviously really familiar with how wine gets made and and we're very pure about it at my family winery. Like, it's grapes, right? There's nothing else but grapes in it. But um, I very much want to see wines have to have an ingredients on their label because I know that there are other things besides grapes that end up in wine sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um and I very much want to know what that is. And right now, that does not need to be put on a label, right? And so if a winery uses cherry flavor number 10 or oak flavor number 9, like I want to know what that is and I want to know what it's made out of. And so that is a really, um, I know it sounds benevolent or, or benign, I guess, but that is a like extraordinarily controversial thing to say within the wine world. But I want ingredients on my wine label. I do too. Yeah. 
Yeah, I want it on anything. It's interesting. Nothing with alcohol, you don't have to buy any, nothing with alcohol requires the ingredients. I mean, I guess these pre-mixed cocktails now do, but it's interesting that that so many of them don't have to put exactly what's in it on the label. But that's nuts. Well, I'm glad that your family's committed to that. And yeah, that's that's very important. Um, I don't know how important it is in the grand scheme of things, but it's something that I definitely would like to see happen. Well, I think if you already know that drinking... Uh, you know, just alcohol has certain negative side effects, right? At least everything else is part of it. Could be good for you, not bad for you. I just wanted to thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I also want to ask you to rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. I know it's a pain in the butt, but it actually helps with search and algorithms. So if you love this podcast, it is an easy way to get it more visible and out there. I also want you to follow me on Instagram at Rebecca Minkoff at RM Superwomen and be sure to check out my book, Fearless, The New Rules for Unlocking Creativity, Courage, and Success. Thank you again and you will hear from me next week.